Good to see everyone here today. Appreciate the presence of the Lord. I'm convinced with all my heart you should feel it 24 hours a day. Should never be a moment in our life we're not feeling the very presence of God. Appreciate you being here today. What's tomorrow? For what? Finances. How many believe that our government needs to be ruled by God on finances? I never thought it would be like this. But when we prayed, I don't want, Ezra prayed for his finances, that God would look after him. He didn't ask the king or anything the king had to look after his finances. He prayed that God would do it. So we're going to pray. I hardly ever watch any ministers on television anymore, but I, up late other night, so I thought I'd turn it on and see them. You know, the Lord will give you something sometimes you don't even know where it come from. He'll give you something you couldn't even imagine how that could happen. This guy was preaching from Haggai about your purse. It's got holes in it. He cut the bottom out of his purse as he wore, had a handful of corn, and he'd drop in there, and it'd all run out. And he went through details where all your money could be going and you not knowing it and you don't, you don't care. And he'd stop every once in a while and take a needle and thread and he'd sew up a little bit of it. And he said, well, I got that fixed now, but still a little bit open. And said, you don't realize where all your finances are going. He just kept telling how it's going here and going to there and going here and going to there. And he'd stop and sew it up again until he got it all sewed up. And he kept putting that corn in there. And first thing you know, the purse was running over God wants us to be faithful in everything that he gives to us. Amen. Sometimes our finances are running out because we don't know what. I remember when I was a kid coming up, you could go to the movie for 10 cents. My family, brothers and sisters, wanted to go. And I said, I ain't got no 10 cents. I'm not going to break no dollar bill to go to no more movies. And my daddy said, if he don't go, y'all can't go. My sister said, I'll give you a dime if you'll go. Wasn't that ugly of me? You've got to take notice where your finances are going. It's going to a place that brings you no profit. I want to share some things with us this morning. If you'll turn to the book of Job, the 29 and verse 6, please. Appreciate you being here today. Amen. If the Lord leads me, and I'm going to ask Ken to come up a little bit in a minute and tell about the dream he had. And uh, I can't see all the way back there at the back. It's, I don't know where Shelby Crump's here this morning. Is he here? Okay, I may want you to come up, Brother Shelby, and give a quick thing what you told me the other day. And I'm going to share a dream with I had the other night. And I thought, my, my, what God is saying to us in this day and this time. Okay, we're going to title this this morning, Empowering Anointing. I notice we got a lot of background noise or something or other. Y'all hear that? Okay, maybe it's me. Job 29 and 6, if you're there, 29 and 6. Amen. Why don't you just breathe to the Lord right now and say, Lord, let this word deep down in my heart. Oh, to hide the word of God in your heart. 
God cannot reveal to you for something you don't know. Nothing just happens in the kingdom of God. Something's got to make it happen in the kingdom of God. For these things to happen, the good things, good thing. I enjoyed the music, singing this morning. Just, I just enjoyed the Sunday school class. All right. When I wash my steps with butter, the rock poured me out rivers of oil. The word butter there means the deep word of God. How I many you know sometimes we're going to have to get down in the deep word of God? Sometimes we have to get off the top like a tadpole. He just runs around on the top. It flourishes. When I wash my steps with butter, it means also fatness. How many know what the word fatness in the Bible means? Wealth, riches. You say, Brother Billy, I don't believe in wealth. You ought to believe in the wealth of the Spirit. The power of the Holy Ghost. Overflowing, running out of us like we've never known before. It also means joyfulness. How many need a little joyful in your life? The joy of the Lord is what? Your strength. And it also means delicious. Delicious. Peggy says she has never in her life ate a bad piece of pie. All of it she thinks is delicious. Isn't it wonderful? I tell you, God is a delicious God. When you wash yourself. Hallelujah. One of the Hebrew scholars says washing your hands means you washing away the past. You're ready for something new to come in your life. You're getting rid of something when you wash. All right. It goes on and said, The rock poureth me out rivers of oil. What does oil stand for? The anointing. The anointing will destroy every yoke in our life that does not be there. If you're having a problem in your life, let me recommend the Holy Ghost. Let me recommend the anointing. It will drive it out of your life because he has all power in heaven and earth. Anyone that can turn water into wine, you ought to want to serve him. He saved the best till the last. We are in the Sabbath day means double portion. We are there. God wants you to have a double portion of what he's got. He turned the water into wine. They brought him in a room, a quality of oil running out of the rock. I mean, you know that out of our most inner beings comes what? Rivers of what? Living waters. Living waters. Empowered anointing. Deuteronomy 32 and 12 said, he made him to ride on the high places of the earth, that he might eat the increase of the fields. He made him to suck honey, in other words, cipher it out of the rock and all out of the flint rock. Who is the flint rock? Jesus Christ of Nazareth, who followed them in the wilderness every day for 40 years. The rock, and look what it come out of a and that rocks inside of us today, the wonderful things of God. I'm so happy today. I tell you, you just don't realize how happy I am today. The anointing can be restored. How many believe that the anointing can be restored? Joel says, whatever's been lost, I'll give it back to you. You ought to say amen. 
If you've lost something, I want you to know this morning God can give it back to you. Everybody is born for a specific purpose in this life at a point in time. Your life and my life is at a point in time. At my age, this Diane going to get me tomorrow. She's already shaking her head. I know I hadn't got too many more years left on this life, even if I go to my grave in a good old age. But God wants you anointed like you've never known before, where rivers flow out of your life continuously. Rivers flowing out of our lives. Samson was born for one purpose and one purpose only, a specific purpose. His purpose on this earth was to deliver the children of Israel from the Philistine enemy. That was his purpose. That's the only purpose he had for being here. But he got off track. How many has ever got off track sometime? Am I the only one ever get off track sometime? He got off track. Instead of staying at home doing what he ought to do, he got to running around a little bit. And the first thing you know, he got his eyes punched out. I'm going to cut this short. He went blind. He treaded in the meal, round and around. How many have ever seen a surf meal? Amen. Where the donkey goes round and around. Goes round and around. Used to, Brother Ken probably never seen this. They used to bale hay with a mule that went round and around the baler, just pulling the baler, getting out them little old bales round and around. That's what he was doing, going around and around. I want you to get this this morning. He was blind. He's missed his opportunity. He's lost everything. But they sent a little boy to get him to lead him out to make sport for him. Now watch this. He grabbed a hope of this big pillar. He grabbed a hope of that pillar. He said, God... One more time. Oh, hallelujah. I want you to cry one more time. Hallelujah. If you went astray and don't know what to do, cry one more time. And God heard his prayer. He done more in the last few seconds. A blind man led by a boy done more in the last few seconds than he did all of his life. Your anointing can be restored. I'm going to go a little bit further. Your health can be restored. You can be made whole this morning right where you're sitting. By his stripes. I'll come to this again in a minute. Well, let's just go on there. The children of Israel, 12 spies went into Canaan's land. What did they see? I know you're going to say that. But you need to see more than the giant. And I know that's what the world sees. And that's what most Christians see is the giant. They don't see the wonderful, glorious promises of God. Rich land flowing with milk and honey. Gardens they had not planted. Brother Ken, he's going to quit planting a garden. But I tell you, they had gardens. They had camels. They had the wealth of the world promised to them. And he had the promise from God, I'm going to destroy your enemy for you. Somebody ought to shout hallelujah. God wants to destroy your enemy that's in your life from keeping you from seeing what your promise is. They brought back grapes. It took two men. I can't hardly believe this. It took two men to carry one cluster of grapes. But all they could see was the giants. Oh, glory to God. I want God to help us to see the promise that he's given us. 
The promise that he's given us is already ours. We don't have to work for it. It's already ours. It already belonged to us. It's already been established by the blood of Jesus Christ. And we are anointed for this hour and this time. There's a dynamic article in a magazine that um, Sandy Woodruff brings to me once a month. Israel, my glory. Did Samson go to heaven? He killed himself. Let me die. Did he go to heaven? Turn to Hebrews 11. Ooh, somebody ought to shout hallelujah. He's numbered of the heroes of the Bible. I want you to know this morning, your name is in the heroes of the Bible of the living God. You may have made some mistakes, but God's blood washes your sins as clean and white as snow. Esther was born for one purpose. She was an orphan. One purpose. One pacific deed for a pacific pointed time. How many of you know that you were born for this hour? When you look around in the congregation this morning, what do you see? Thank you. <laughs> and at least we got one that sees it full. Most of the time we see what? The problem. We don't see the great, mighty God and what he can do for us. I want to rephrase that. I'm, I'm trying to break myself. I'm not going to... Somebody been asking me, somebody called me the other day, said, how's Sister Peggy, Peggy doing today? I said, she's feeling good. That's different from what she's been saying. I said, I quit saying what she was. I'm starting saying what she ought to be and what God has planned for her life, and she is doing better, but she can do better than what she's doing. Church, we can do better than what we're doing because we got an anointing inside of us. we got the glory of God inside of us. We've been washed by the blood of the Lamb. Hallelujah. I'd like to, but I won't this morning, tell you what two people told me, what they've been seeing is happening up here on this platform at times. It's amazing what you can see when you're in the Spirit of the Lord. In the Spirit of the Lord. Praise God. When Jesus cast the demon, demons out of the man, he wanted to go with Jesus. He said, no, you stay here and tell what great deeds that God has done for you. How many can tell what great deeds God's done for you? We want to build a place that our seed can come and have a home when we're going on to heaven. David said, now I will lay myself down and go to sleep with my fathers. So we've been washed by the blood of the Lamb, something good not going to happen something good is happening amen stop saying something good's going to happen something good is happening praise god here today first john 2:27 said the anointing which you have received of god paul says i live but not yet i live christ in me liveth he says i labor more abundantly than any man on the face of this earth and then he says in the next verse, not I, but Christ in me is doing the work. How many of you know that we can't make a hair black or white? If we could, you'd see a different man the next time you see me. You can't grow your statue one inch. You must come to realize who you are and what you are. And God made you like that. If he wants you to be something different, he made you something different. Except what God has made us, 
It's not, Paul said, it's not me that's doing the laboring, but it's God inside me. If God's doing the laboring, then we need to stop laboring and watch him do the work. Glory to God. The children of Israel was to receive this glorious land. We are to receive what God has for our lives today. Amen. Ephesians 3.20 said, Now unto him that is able. Now the word able there means in the Greek mean. I love what Ken has been doing in the Sunday school class. He don't understand that word. He goes to, I don't think it's Webster, does it? It's a Webster dictionary, and he looks that up. How I many know that what we ought to do? If we don't understand, we ought to go look it up. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. And I like something else he said this morning. We feed one another. I need you. Sister Linda, I need you. I said something one time about the king never conferred with Paul again and after service. You remember that? She come to me and said, Brother Billy, I want to show you something here. Said the king conferred him many times. The reason I said that, I heard somebody else say it. We need to check it out. and Hooker, you say, check it out. You need to check it out and see what it said. But look this up in the Greek and find out what this word able means. Glory to God, I'm too excited this morning. Hallelujah. Having the necessary power. God is able. He has the necessary power. And not only that, it says he is skillful with the resources to give you what it takes to get the job done. He does, not I, but he's got the necessary resources to give you what you need to get the power done, get it what, it, what has to be done. The children of Israel were so blessed by God, and we're more blessed by God today than what they were. How many believe that? The prophets and the angels of old would like to be in sitting where you're sitting today. They would like to be here. Deuteronomy 33 and 19 says this, They shall suck the abundance of the sea and of the treasures hidden in the sand. And also means finances, and it also means you're going to win the souls of men to God. They're going to come from the north, the south, the east, and the west until this house is overflowing with the things of God. I believe the Word of God. We stand on the Word of God. He will give us the treasures of darkness. You also find this in Isaiah 45 and 3, what he's going to do. He's already done it. We're already there. Without limitations, any like. Jesus sent the disciples out. They come back. He said, did you like anything? What did they say? Nothing. We didn't like nothing. How many of you know that God wants you to live a life so abundantly you don't like anything? He supplies all of your needs according to his riches and glory that you don't come behind in no gifts, that you're wonderfully blessed by God in the wonderful things of God. You find that in Luke 22 and 35. God supplies. Isaiah 43 and 7 said, Everyone that is called by my name, I have created him for my glory, and I have formed you, and I have made you. What are you created for? For the glory of who? Of God, for the glory of God, the wonderful things of God. Empowered anointing. It says in verse 21 that this people have a format for myself. 
they shall show forth my praise. Isn't it wonderful to come in here after Sunday school and show forth the praises of God? Isn't it wonderful to lift your hands up and clap and make a joyful noise unto the Lord and the praises unto God? Hallelujah. Not what he's going to do, but what he is doing. And he's going to do it today. What he's done today, he'll do tomorrow. The wonderful things of God. We're living in a world that has limitation. Everywhere you turn have limitations. But I want you to know you're serving a God that has no limitations. There's no limits to God. And what he says he'll do, he'll do. He came to give you abundant life. The devil came to steal and destroy, but he came to give you abundant life, overflowing like it's never been seen before in the presence of this world. The wonderful good things of God. And I'm going to ask Brother Ken to come up, and then here in a few minutes, we're going to let the choir come back up and, and uh, tell about a dream. Now, he said he wasn't no old man, but the Bible says old man should dream what? We need to be a doer of the Word of God. If we're old and not having dreams, we need to start praying for dreams. That's what the book of Joel says. When you receive the Holy Ghost, you'll have dreams and visions and trances. You'll see things you've never seen before, the wonderful things of God. Brother Ken, would you rush up here right quick? And then Brother Jason Crump, I, don't, I mean, Shelby Crump, I don't want to embarrass you, but what you came and sat in the office and told me the other day, what the Lord has shown you. Glory to God. Well, I'm not coming to preach, but I am going to read this to you right here. I want you to understand, and he just said what I was fixing to read right there about Joel. And it says in Joel and 2.25, let me read this. And I will restore to you the years that the locust has eaten. I want you to understand this. Whatever you and I have lost, it's going to be restored. In our Bible class on Sunday mornings, we are learning to speak the things of God. I'm talking about even us older ones. In our Bible class, we're learning to speak the things of God. I mean, learning to speak. Here we are on, on getting up by age, and we're learning. We're just now learning a lot of things that we should have known a long time ago, and we're learning to believe. Don't just speak what's yours. All right. And I will restore you in years that the locust has eaten, the canker worm and the caterpillar and the palmer worm, my great army which I sent among you. And ye shall eat in plenty and be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord your God that hath dealt wondrously. Did you hear me? He's dealt wondrously with us, and my people shall never be ashamed. And then down there, like you said, I'm, I'm not an old man yet, but I want you to take this to heart. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Now, doesn't that sound good? Then why aren't the churches filled with power of the Holy Ghost? Why aren't, It says, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy and your old men that's not me shall dream dreams and your young men shall see visions well I don't know why I didn't get a vision because I'm young all right here's the dream and I, and I want you to understand this I this is probably two months ago this happened I'm standing on this dream that he'd give me because I know there's dreams in the past that I've got I thought was from the Lord this church, uh, there was Sister Linda, Don, Keith, myself, Brother Bill, Brother Melvin, 
And we were having to take these pews, all these front pews, and get them out the back. Why? Because there was revival going on right here. People filled this whole front. This platform was filled with people seeking the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost was poured. What did he say? I will pour out my spirit upon what? The select few? No. All flesh. Who is that? That's you and I. We were moving these pews back. We couldn't even get them moved back. Me and Keith and Don and more were moving these pews, unbolting them or whatever they are, and moving them out the back to where there more people could come up here and receive the Holy Ghost. Now, that's a dream I'm not going to let go of because I don't normally have those kind of dreams. And I want you to start speaking and believing. And I'm, I'm teaching it. I want you to speak and believe what the Word of God says. If we feel bad, speak against it because it says right there, I have restored the years and restored and restored and restored, and that means I've brought it back. That means I've given it back to you. And if we want it back, what do we got to do? If somebody's going to hand you $100, are you just going to say, well, I, you said I could have it, but I really don't want to take it. You're going to grab that thing and put it in your pocket. That's the same thing with our health. That's the same thing with our mind, our heart. We're going to be restored. We're being restored right now. And all we got to do is believe the Word of God. Meditate and see the revival that is happening. It just hadn't come through those doors yet. I believe this church is filled to the max capacity. They just haven't made it through those doors yet. And that's the way we need to see things. We need to see things the way the Lord has told us to see things. Amen. Amen. They are really enjoying this little thing and what it does. Brother Shelby, he came up here the other day and talked to me, and I want you to put that on where they can, if you would, please. He nailed it when he said that revival is here. I, I'm going to, I'm not being contradicted to what you said, Kim, but I'm going to say this. We don't even have to wait for it to walk through the doors because the Spirit of God is already on the inside of us. And it's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by the Spirit of Almighty God. And so I, I want to tell just a brief deal of this because some of it is a little sensitive, some names I'm not going to mention. But I saw a domino and how many of you know that a domino is kind of like a thumbprint? When you buy a box of dominoes, there's only one double six, there's only one four, there's only one blank. Each one of them is different in a set. And I saw a domino standing by itself, and it began to zoom out, if you can imagine. I began to see more of the, the picture. And there was another one right next to it, and then another one, and another one. And there was this long line of dominoes, I'd say 40 or 50 of them. And then right past that, they began to split. One went this way and one went that. And a little while later, those split off and these split off. And it, if you can imagine the limbs of a tree, it starts with one line of a trunk and then it goes up to branches and then to tiny sticks and then it just goes into this huge formation, this blob of, of limbs. That's what these dominoes look like. And at the very beginning, that first domino fell and then it... And when it get to that split, it, it went those different ways, and then it went those ways and this way, and a multitude, and before you knew it, it sounded just like, like rain on a tin roof, just this rattle of all these dominoes falling. 
And I went back over and I picked up one of those dominoes and instead of having dots on one side, it had a name. I, I don't know exactly what the name was, but I picked another one up and it had a different name and this one had a different name. And what God began to show me was that there is a movement that is occurring where one or two may be happening at once, but it's going to become, instead of addition, multiplication. And God put this so strong, it took a couple days later, I saw an individual, and God revealed to me the meaning of this dream. Some of these people have not left God, but they've left the church. And you say, how can that happen? We've all been there at different times. We might have left the church or left our Sunday school class or left our relationship with a group of people, but we never left God. But I, I saw all these people coming in that once came here, that once were a part of this church. And, and I'm going to be completely blunt. I never thought that we were going to be back here. We've been on the evangelistic run. We've pastored. We've preached. We've done other things at other churches. And I just didn't plan on ever living in Atlanta or going to this church again. And God began to show me these faces, familiar faces. And I began to pray, and I began to ask God about it. And I mentioned it to a couple people. And they said that the Lord had put the same heart on them, that they had begun to write down lists of people that have left or that have got discouraged and have fallen out or maybe just going down the road to another church that doesn't preach the whole gospel. Well, I told them, I said, that's not good enough. One or two years, 10 years at least. You nailed it. I'm going to restore the years that the enemy has stolen. There's not just going to be a revival of prodigals. There's not just going to be a revival of people that have, have ran off to drugs and to alcohol, but folks that have left the church to go to other churches that aren't getting fed, they're going to say there's something wrong with this. There's something wrong with this doctrine. There's, something, there's not enough power. There's not enough miracles. There's not enough healing. They're going to say, I want something that I don't have here, and they're going to come back hungry just like the prodigal Sunday. He wasn't dying. He just wasn't getting fed good food. He was eating the slop of the world, but God is bringing back a generation that we thought was lost, that we thought was dead, that we thought was gone, they're going to come into the church and they're going to prophesy. They're going to lay hands on the sick. They're going to see the dead raised. God is going to do it in a way that we never thought we would see again. The days of Acts were wonderful, but that is a drop in the pan compared to what God is going to do in this last day time. God's coming back for a glorious church that's without spot or wrinkle, that's washed in the blood of the Lamb. The only way we're going to have a glorious church is if the glory of God is evident in the midst. It's happening. It's not going to happen. It's begun. It's already happening. We're seeing things change and move and happen that we thought we were never going to see. Write those names down. The Bible says to take the vision and write it plainly upon tables that somebody that runs by can see it. In a hurry, they, there's no question what we're praying for. There shouldn't be a question what we're expecting God to do. There shouldn't be somebody wondering, well, what are they all about? No, it's about Christ and him crucified first, and it's about souls getting into the kingdom of heaven and out of the gates of hell. It's already begun. Get a part of it. Get a part of it. Thank you, Brother Shelby. I'm going to ask the choir to come back, or the praise and worship team to come on back up. I'm going to say a few words. If you have a need, but I want to encourage you to come and get prayed for. I had a dream the other night, just a few nights ago. I was sitting back over there in that corner, right on the very back. There were so many people in this church you couldn't move. I mean, the presence of the Lord was so strong. You, you, you can't explain how strong the presence of the Lord was. 
the church, you couldn't even move. There's so many people in here. And I sat on that back seat back there. And all of a sudden, I looked and all my clothes had fell off of me, except my underclothes. And I woke up. And God said this. I believe he said this. You're going to have to strip yourself of self if you're going to see me work. You're going to have to cleanse yourself of the flesh and everything of the flesh because I can't work where the flesh is working. He said, if you'll stay humble before me, I will show you things you've never seen and experienced before. And I thought I'd get up and try to get out of there. I was so embarrassed. My flesh was embarrassed. And everywhere I went, wasn't nobody looking at me. Church, our eyes need not to be on me or you or this world. It needs to be on him. And when it's on him, he'll do what he said he will do. When we crucify the flesh on a daily basis and get him out of the way, sometimes the flesh embarrasses us, but we need to embarrass the flesh. I heard... Uh, Jesse Duplantis one time said, if you don't embarrass the flesh, he's going to embarrass you, and the next thing he's going to kill you. Amen? So you're going to stay anointed for God to do what he wants to do. As they come and worship and praise, we turn the service back to Brother Don. God bless you for praise being here today. Lord. Hallelujah.